Hey guys, my name is Jesse Cove. I play varsity captain David on Cobra Kai season three, and you are listening to Vibe 105. Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. Hey everybody, this is John Carlo Alino reporting for Vibe 105 with a sports Vibe Talk segment where we're going to go once again into Cobra Kai. We had a great response last time with Martin Cove, Sensei John Kreese. And now we got a special guest again, his son, who played Captain David on season three in the flashback episodes. He's Jesse Cove. Jesse, how you doing? I'm so great, man. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, just uh, season three of Cobra Kai. As soon as I dropped on the new year, 2021 started off with a bang there. Uh, popular series on Netflix. How difficult was it for you to keep that uh, secret that you're going to be on the show for season three? Oh, man, it was so hard. I mean, so many people were asking me if I was going to be on season three. I didn't even know at the time when I auditioned for the role, but it was definitely difficult for sure. You know, it was as difficult as my dad had to keep it a secret that he was even on the show going back to season one. And, you know, it was exciting. I, you know, I really wanted people to know because uh, it was an, I was on the show in such a cool way. But you know, obviously the writers, uh, they knew that keeping it a secret would be, you know, have, have the best impact. So I'm, I'm really glad that it was such a surprise to everybody. And it still is even today. So it, it worked out great. Yeah, you had me fooled there. A lot of people, you got fooled. Everybody <laughs> thought you were the uh, young crease when you rolled in that diner. You sat down, you said no mercy. And then all of a sudden we find out you're not crease. You're the varsity captain. So what went into your auditioning process? Did you think you were auditioning for young crease and then they took you aside and gave you a different character? Well, they kind of, I, I kind of did at first because they didn't really tell me much. Um, you know, they just told me that you're this going to be this character. And then I, you know, I said the lines, no mercy. And I was like, this is for a young crease. And, and I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense to be cool. You know, I'm his son, be interesting. And then, you know, they explained it to me in the room what it was, what it was. And I was like, this is incredible, you know, and then having the backstory, then, you know, he and I fighting and me bullying him. I was like, this is unbelievable. I mean, the, the fact that they even thought about having a character that did bully John Kreese earlier on, it kind of gives him this incredible story of where he came from. So it was amazing. You know, it was very exciting. And, uh, you know, it was just incredible to be a part of the universe that way. Yeah. And just even speaking on like this karate kid universe and like this iconic character that your father played. Now, when you just go in chronological order, like how does it make you feel that your father's iconic character starts off with you? I mean, it's it's just so cool and unique. And, you know, again, I just got to pay tribute to the writers, you know, John, Josh and Hayden, who thought of this in the first place. Um, they're just so creative and they're such big fans of the show. You know, they really know what the audience wants. And, you know, they're like these big nerds themselves of the show and the Karate Kid universe, which has become so expansive. I mean, it's, it's literally become like, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe. It's just become, you know, there, there's so many of these characters that are, have evolved so much. And there's so many stories to tell, you know, young John Kreese, current John Kreese, you know, maybe young Dan. Daniel or, or, you know, and they've done young Johnny at certain times, they, they've just gone all around. And then, you know, and then bringing in their children into this, it's really, it's incredible. I mean, it's really incredible. And like I said, it's very expansive and it just become a sensation this way. And the fans are incredible. I mean, just incredible. The, the outpour of love and support that I've got from the fans is, is unlike anything I've ever been a part of. So, so grateful for them. And it's just exciting, man. It's just really exciting to be, to be a part of that and to share it with, you know, everybody else on the show and, and to tell these stories of these characters that are really powerful. And, you know, people really love to watch these characters being joined by Jesse Cove of Cobra Kai. And uh, you just touched on it there, the popularity, the fan base, like comparing it to Marvel, and it just speaks and resonates to this multi-generational fan base they have. Uh, what did you notice? Because the show went on to Netflix for this season, the first two were on YouTube. So did you notice anything different, even the way maybe even your father's character was being looked at now that there's a bigger platform? 
it, it's kind of interesting how that all happened. It, it was almost like this perfect storm, right? Because Cobra Kai was on YouTube, which was great. It got the ball rolling. People got enrolled in the show. And then, you know, not everybody saw it because it wasn't on this, you know, the mainstream platform that Netflix is around the world. And so it was kind of like heard of and talked about and it still broke records on YouTube, for which was incredible. You know, and then they moved over to Netflix so they were kind of able to re-release the show again, as they did season one and two, for basically the rest of the world. So people got to re-watch the seasons again, and then new people who had never heard of the show, but maybe had heard something about it. You know, so there was this great excitement for it. And unfortunately, it happened during COVID, so a lot of people were home. But you know, thankfully, they were at home because they were able to see the show under these circumstances, and everybody was able to see it. And then finally, they even rolled out season three. Uh, I think it was like four to six months after they released season one and two. So it was unbelievable. I mean, they just got this influx of Cobra Kai in like a six month span, which was just incredible. And people were so hungry for season three and people who have been waiting since YouTube have been waiting, I think almost two years or a year and a half or longer to get season three. So it was, you know, this anticipated season and they just did it perfectly. And Netflix, you know, knew exactly what they had and the marketing that they did for it. It was really just perfect. And, you know, the fans were so enthralled for season three. They were just so ready for it. And when it it went, it just shot out like a cannon, you know, around the world. And it was just, it was unbelievable. And again, we were, you know, breaking records. And, you know, the cool thing about Cobra Kai is that it's it's for everybody. You can watch it. The parents can watch it with their kids who watched the original movies in the 80s and and now kids are watching the movies from the 80s. It's kind of this incredible nostalgic memoir of, of, of cinema and television all together. To me, it's just perfect. Yeah. And uh, your episode there, the action scenes were being praised a lot throughout the season, even the show right now. So when you were doing your fight scene, what was the whole process like? Like, what was the day like for preparing for that? Well, at first I was very intimidated. They they literally, they brought in this video, Hiro Koda, who's a stunt coordinator, and uh, they literally shot this entire sequence on film with music edited of what they wanted to do. And they showed it to me and I was like, what are you guys serious? You want me to do all this? Like, you know, I had a few days to prepare. And then, you know, we got into the dojo there on, on the, on the, on the, uh, at the studio and we started rehearsing and it was just like this perfect dance, right? You know, just kind of doing this move and that move. And then within about a half an hour, we had the whole thing down and then we were just getting out the kinks and it was, it worked out perfectly. It was so smooth. And then, you know, Barrett and I who played young crease, who's just such a great actor, you know, he was a pleasure to work with and he, you know, he cared so much about this role. It was, it was great to work with him and we were able to work it out together and, and it was just fun. He and I were literally like, we had bruises and we we're bleeding and like we were sweating. And it was hot, but we were having the time of our life. We knew, we both knew what this was and, and what we were representing and we couldn't be more excited to do it. And it was very exciting for us. And, you know, me growing up doing athletic sports and I, you know, I still work out religiously today. So, you know, I was able to kind of keep up with the pace of it. You know, what's Cobra Kai without a fight scene? Um, so it was great for me to be able to jump into those shoes and, and with someone who was willing to go there as well. And of course, you know, the, the choreography was fantastic. It was a little bit different. It was a little bit more messy, you know, a little street-like because there was obviously none of us had any like real training as, as the characters. It was just this like, you know, nasty street brawl <laughs> in the back alley of, of a diner. So it was amazing, you know, and it was a tough day too. It was raining. It was hot. It was thunderstorming. I was wearing this crazy big jacket. I was sweating in constantly. I had to put the AC unit like right in my face, <laughs> but it was so much fun. And, and, you know, even my dad was there the whole time watching. I mean, he was videoing the whole thing while he was there. And, and it was so surreal to like see him watching me kick his ass you know his <laughs> younger self like it was just weird and he was laughing he had a huge smile ear to ear the whole time you know the writers kept telling marty like, get out of the shot you're in the shot get out of the shot <laughs> and it was amazing it was a, it was a memory that i'll never ever forget 
was this scary at all? Like, because the actor who played Young Crease, he had the mannerisms, everything down to a T. Was it scary at all? Like, you know what? You're acting like my dad a little too much. There. <laughs> it was it was so cool, man. I just was watching him and not just kind of like, oh, man, dude, that's perfect. That's so good, man. How do you how did you do that? It, it was really like refreshing, you know, to see someone uh, portray my portray my dad, which I've never really seen before. And especially as a young man. And he also put like his own little twists on it, which was really a nice touch. Um, and, you know, put his own flavor into it because, you know, Crease is a young man is not the same as who he is today and so um you know there's maybe a little bit more innocence to him and so it was great to watch that and and just even have these conversations with him like you know from the diner table talking to him you know uh what are you looking at freak you know all that stuff it was um it, it was really it was really interesting and then to even have my dad in the corner with the directors watching you know it was just kind of a it was really it's almost inexplainable but you know we stayed in character and i'm interacting with him and you know it was also fun for me to, to do this with with this young character and uh it was strange i was like oh maybe this is maybe i'd be friends with my dad back in you know the 1960s <laughs> yeah like uh you also touched on before like how this show like so many fans like the parents could watch it with their kids and all enjoy it together you were born after the original karate kid so when was the first time you saw the movie and what was your initial reaction to it so i was obviously growing up like there was movie posters and stuff around the house and you know some of them were karate kid some of the original artwork that he had and you know i knew my dad did something with movies or whatever and i'd see his pictures and then you know when i was a kid i remember just watching it on tv and people you know referring to the karate kid all the time and then i remember the first time i saw it like to me it was like just watching a regular movie that i didn't really know okay that's my dad always oh, in this, this movie thing okay cool it's great and then you know it was like watching like some disney movie as a kid you know with the villain and the hero and then you know as i grew up I'm, I'm, i really understood like the nuances of the film and how impactful the movie was to people i had no idea how, how meaningful karate kid was to people until i got much older and and now to me as well you know aside from the family tied to the movie the movie alone is just such a great film you know it's just got that perfect recipe of the villains and the heroes and the struggles and the underdog i mean it's and and the bullying it's like a it's a story that i think everybody deals with today there's like a there's a generational storyline that i don't think unfortunately doesn't go away the bullying still exists, but pays great tribute to that you can overcome these things and, and be victorious in, in that. And, uh, you know, Miyagi and Daniel. So it's just been, um, it's been a wild ride. And growing up around, it was definitely surreal. You get a lot of questions like, was oh, your dad like that in real life? Is he, <laughs> is he just as me? And I'm like, no, he's, he's a big country boy at heart. Just even going around that, like you're growing around your dad and like all the action roles, all the movie roles he had after. What was your first experience like on a film set that you remember? I remember when I, whenever I visit the stats, it was kind of like, a, it was like a little bit of a playground, you know, I'd walk around and I'd look at stuff. And then as I got older, you know, I, I would always want to like help and volunteer. Like I remember doing like set decoration on, on several sets. Like there was a Western my dad did years ago for like the Hallmark channel. And I remember they let me like stack these beans and cans on this, in this bar sequence and like put them on the shelf. And I was like, you know, I was like 11. And so it was always been a part of my heritage being around movie sets. So, you know, there's like a language and an understanding that I have being around sets. And, you know, it's a very interesting place. You know, people who haven't really spent time on a movie set, it's, it's a very unique environment, you know, and it's, uh, it's a very special place. It's also a very magical place. You know, it's where, where creation happens and where art happens and, and, and these characters are created. So, you know, to me, movie sets have always been like a second home for me. You know, I, I love it. It never feels like work. And it's just like any other, any, anyone else growing up around their industry, whatever that is, uh, whether it's gardening or teaching or, you know, politics, whatever it is, it's the same environment, you know, maybe their dad's a race car driver. They grow up around tools and, you know, working on cars. Mine was film sets and cameras. 
cameras. So, you know, that's, that's the workplace for me. Um, and it's a, it's a unique environment, but you know, a, a very rewarding one. And, and I'm, I'm very happy with how things have turned out. And is that like when you really wanted to get into acting when you were younger? Or was it more like later into maybe your teens or early twenties where you figured out, you know what, this is a yeah. path I want to go to. I always knew somehow when I was younger that that would be something I'd probably end up doing because I always liked making little movies as a kid. I would use my soldiers and like my dad's camera and I make all these and I go, you know, make all these sound effects and stuff and like do like little explosions with matches and things like that. And and so I always had this natural need to make movies and tell stories. And, you know, then going into high school and stuff like that, I was always in the plays. And I love doing accents. I love making my mom laugh. I love doing all these, you know, funny jokes to make her laugh. And I always would perform as a magician to my family on the holidays. I'd, I'd put on a cape and do all this stuff and, and do magic. So I always definitely loved performing in front of my family when I was younger. And my family never pushed me to be in the industry, you know, because it is, it's a crazy industry. You know, there's no guarantees. You know, it's very hard. Um, you know, you got to have like the heart of a lion and the skin of a rhino, a lot of rejection. And it's just part of what it is. But, you know, uh, you know, you can persevere, you know, it's a dream as well. And, and you just have to never give up on that dream. And, you know, each year has been better than the next for me and, and I'm never giving up. So when I was around 18, I was like, you know, I'm going to do this professionally. I've got an agent. And again, you know, my dad, he, he didn't really want me to be in the industry. Uh, you know, so when I made that choice, he was like, okay, great. Like, you know, go out there and I audition like everybody else. I, you know, I'd, I'd um, go to auditions all over town and I worked as a PA on different sets. And I started from the bottom and worked my way. And, you know, I'm, I'm still striving to get to certain places that I want to be. But, you know, again, it, usually when I'm on set, it doesn't ever feel like work. So I guess that's the, the epitome of, you know, living out your dreams, I guess. And what was maybe a misconception you had about acting? Like, I'm sure a lot of people that hear the audition process, was there something going into it that you thought it wasn't going to be like that? And then after a few times auditioning um, and just being around, like getting into a character in a role like that? Yeah. I mean, there's always, you know, every process I feel like is, is either is, is different and similar at the same time, you know, depending on the role. Um, I'm always trying to bring obviously my own take on something, which I hope is meaningful for people or, you know, touches them in a way that, you know, um, they, they take away something from it. You know, I love to do things that are challenging for me and also resonate with people. So they're moved to some degree or they're they're you know, they think about things differently and I love to work hard for the character. And, you know, I think it's important that it, when an audience member sees a movie that they're, they're maybe taken out of their own reality and they're completely put in this reality and they can sit with these characters and just fully enjoy them and be entertained and laugh or cry or be on the edge of their seat with action. It's a really special thing. And, and the process that I have is always changing continuously. You know, I'm always learning and wanting to do different and wanting to do better. I'll probably end up being that way for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I, it's always like, it's like that saying, like, when is like a painter's last stroke on their painting, right? Are they ever finished? You know, they're always working at it. So sometimes I can be hard on myself. And I look at projects I did five years ago, I'm like, oh God, I could have done that differently or changed that and you know it is what it is at the time that's what i was doing so i've been to different acting schools and also you know i've come up with some of my own stuff that i i do and then obviously my dad has an influence as well and i, I come to him uh, sometimes and he comes to me with things we help each other out that way so there's a lot that goes into it and it's always evolving and always changing <laughs> That's great to hear. And like, also just reading up on your career, you also did a producer role. So what was that like being not in front of the camera and being a part of the production team? You know, the, one of the, my favorite movies that I produced was called uh, As Night Comes. And, it, you know, got critical acclaim. It was a, a teen crime drama. And um, it starred uh, Luke Baines and Michael Olivier, directed by Richard Zellner, who was my producing partner at the time. Uh, great script, incredible story, also about bullying. Uh, and also like, it also dealt with like, 
bullying also comes from like the parents, right? And it was kind of like Clockwork Orange uh, in modern day times and, and the outsiders, a little bit of the outsiders. And um, it's actually, I love being behind the camera and in front of the camera. I love to direct and I love to, you know, producing is great because producing is all about just getting things together and making things go right and connecting people. And it's like this, it's this beautiful art form and communication. Producing is a lot of fun and, and also creative at the same time. You know, and there's a way like that you, you know, when you're directing something and behind the camera, it's, it's, it's so amazing to have a vision of something and then have another actor bring that to life in the way that you envision and to be able to communicate with that and, and work hand in hand with them to bring that story. Because at the end of the day, all we're doing is telling stories, right? And if we can get the best people to tell those stories in, in a beautiful, creative way, and maybe a way that's also refreshing and new that maybe you didn't know about, you know, that's in the hands of the actor, because hopefully a director, you know, they bring it to an actor and they bring their take on it. And it's just a, it's a beautiful creative process on all aspects, producing, directing, writing. And that's the magic of filmmaking is all these different as, uh, aspects coming together to create this story. Once again, for those who are showing us here on Vibe 105, we're being joined by Jesse Cove of Cobra Kai. And Jesse, I like what you brought up there, just the creative process and giving the audience something that maybe escape reality at times. Uh, growing up, what were some of your favorite movies? Because I, I remember asking your dad and he was big on Westerns. Like, did you share that same love for Westerns or was there another genre that you uh, mostly went towards? I mean, we definitely share a lot of classic films, you know, Good, Bad, the Ugly. There's classic films like Casablanca. And, um, you know, I love like when I was growing up in movies like Titanic that I love, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, all these amazing movies that that I that I cherish. And I, I, I love all movies. I love comedies. I love romantic comedies. I love, uh, you know, action films. I love I love also movies that just take you completely into another another world, fantasy films. I think I just love all aspects of film. And there's just, there's so many, so many. But I, I think that, uh, and there's obviously like a lot of Disney movies that I've watched growing up. There's like Bambi, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Dumbo, all the classics, you know what I mean? And that are timeless movies, uh, Homeward Bound. Those are when I'm going way back, but uh, there, there's just a lot. And then it's been fun to see as the times change, you know, different movies are resurfacing from the past, like Cobra Kai, you know? So it's, uh, there's just, honestly, there's so, so many. Yeah. And like even the viewing habits, like some of those movies the nostalgia value, instead of coming back as a movie and a sequel, they're going more into long form TV series. So do you think more that would be the more of the direction as viewing habits change? Could we see more uh, nostalgia based movies come back into series even on Netflix? Oh, I think so for sure. Well, I mean, one of the great things that, that you know, um, expanding them into a TV series is that you get to live with these characters a lot longer and see aspects of them that you wouldn't get to see in a movie because the movie's got like what two hours three hours you know hour and a half even um to see these characters but there's something also beautiful about that as well to have this encapsulated entire film in a two-hour period you know is is beautiful on its own and that's what it is and you know then when you get to the, the tv series you get to expand upon these characters and other characters and see them in ways you didn't get a chance to see like oh how, how do they how do they cook their meals you know i mean how do they how do they do these random things that you never got to saw get to see in a movie because they didn't have enough time to do it there's no purpose for it so i think it's a it's a beautiful marriage movies and tv and i think it's great when movies become t television series and then when tv series become movies as well um you know it's it's this beautiful push and pull and right now you know obviously streaming is such a big deal and everybody's at home right now so i think it's great that you know there's just such a golden age of television you know to me it's all the same because people are, are watching uh movies and television series so i think it's great you know that people are able to, to watch my work or any every, anybody else's work in this in the cinema world or television world at play it's just fantastic like i said it's, it's a golden age so uh it's a super exciting time for that and i think that expanding movies into tv series is, is always a great option 
uh, with Jesse Cove here on Vibe 105. And Jesse, you know, before we went on here, you're talking about uh, your love for sports, uh, being <laughs> athletic growing up. So uh, what are some of the sports you enjoy watching most? Well, when I was younger, I loved playing baseball. I was a catcher and I was also right field. I could throw the whole field, which was, it was one of my favorite things to do was play baseball. And obviously I played with my dad a lot um, and he played growing up. So watching baseball was always so much fun, you know, watching the world series. Um, you know, I'm definitely a Dodger fan um, from LA, but I like, you know, any great team that's playing. I love to watch, uh, obviously love to watch football. Football's, you know, great. It's for my dad and I's team. We share uh, the Dallas Cowboys. That's our team that we love. And um, it's just, uh, it's just, it's fun. One of my favorite memories is always just watching sports with my dad. And you, you see a little bit of John Kreese coming out when he's, when he's yelling at the TV, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, sports are great. You know, I, I'm naturally very competitive, uh, whether it's playing board games or it's on a set or it's, you know, uh, playing competitive sports. Um, you know, I'm, it's, it's just part of who I am. And uh, you know, I think there's something great about that as well. You know, having this desire to win no matter what it is. And, uh, and if someone beats me, great, I will shake their hand at the end and, you know, say good job. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned the Dodgers there. Uh, World Series. What is that like in LA when a team like that wins a World Series? Oh man, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's like it's funny because LA, LA is is unique in its own way. There's so much going on in LA with the, with the industry, you know, and, and and everything else that's going on. You know, it's like the fans literally they sometimes they ride in the streets, which I don't condone at all. But you know, that's the excitement of some of the fans. Um, but it, it's it's awesome. You know, you can feel the the energy in the town when when something like that happens. You know, when there's a Lakers game or something like that, you can feel like everybody's everybody's going down the Staples Center. It's it's very exciting. And on the flip side to that, I'm glad you brought up the Dallas Cowboys because we share what it's also like to not have a team be successful. Like here in Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won since 1967 in hockey and the Dallas Cowboys, I'm sure you know there, there's history. So what's it like with the frustrations of uh, being a fan there? Oh man, you know, it's... uh... I don't get too frustrated. You know, I try, I don't get down on it at all. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. My dad and I are our, our, our best days watching Dallas Cowboys when like Tony Romo was playing. I remember like we would sit down, like just religiously watch all their games and uh, we don't watch them as much anymore. We've both been very busy, but I try not to get too frustrated. Uh, if they're not frustrated with me, I'm not frustrated with them. Um, <laughs> so I think that would be uh, undeserving of each other, but you know, I'm pretty level headed watching all these games. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy to watch a good competitive sports game when I when I'm able to watch um, it's very relaxing for me and also for my family like when we watched the Super Bowl uh, it was I was actually in Atlanta watching it with my dad which was really fun and uh, it was just uh, it was a great time you know we were excited especially because of with COVID happening it was nice to just have something like the Super Bowl on that I think for the entire country we were, we were able to just kind of like I said earlier get out of this reality and be in, in that reality and and see performances and dance and have sports play and and cheering for you know whichever team to win and, um, you know, I think that's important. I think sports are also important for, you know, the world. Uh, it's important for people to watch and, and like, you know, just like watching movies, sports is just this, a similar reality for people to, to get invested in so that they can, you know, get away from the stresses of life. And uh, just also, we heard about some of your favorite genres. We heard your favorite teams. Who is a favorite athlete of yours that you admired growing up? Oh, God, that's so good. So many. I mean, I, when I was growing up, my dad, we always watched like classic baseball and um, trying to think of one of my favorite athletes growing up. I mean, you know, obviously someone that I didn't specifically uh, that I later on in life who became 
one of my favorite athletes because I read about his history. It was like, I love Michael Jordan as who he was as an athlete and who he was as a man. Also, um, his, uh, his coach, I just blanked on his name. I read his book, Relentless, which I loved. Uh, it was a Tim Grover. And he is amazing. And I love his whole journey of his life and where he came from. You know, when I was younger, I appreciated all these different fans. But then as I got older, I was able to really understand the man or the woman behind the athlete. And then because there's like an athlete on the field and then there's like the athlete of who they were in life. You know what I mean? And I think both of those things kind of come together and, and someone like, you know, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, like they were athletes in life as well as on the, on the field or, or, you know, on the court. And I think that was something that I come to respect even more as I've gotten older, um, you know, who they are as a man, a family man or family woman. And th those are who my favorite athletes are. Did you ever get a chance to meet them as you got older or just missed? I, met, I didn't meet those guys. I met Tim at an event and he actually let me hold the ring that Michael Jordan had made for him when he won, I think his like fifth championship, which was crazy. I, I have a picture of it, of me holding this ring. I was like, dude, this is unbelievable. And um, so that's the closest I got to meeting any of them. But uh Boy, it'd be uh, it'd be incredible. Hopefully, hopefully so. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Michael Jordan. I don't know if he's in the Toronto areas, but it, we'll get the message relayed to him. Hopefully, <laughs> he can make this happen. Maybe put in a good word. Maybe I can meet him too. But <laughs> every home, every home in America, he's, he's on the wall somewhere. Yeah, well, for sure. That iconic dunk. Those uh, championships uh, live on forever. And uh, speaking of living on forever, I want to just talk about uh, as we wrap up here, your dad's character, Sensei John Kreese. If you were to, I guess, best describe your dad and his character is he most like him or is he the total opposite oh he's total opposite i mean you know i always joke around these elements of john crease that come out when he stubs his toe or when he's sitting in traffic or he's you know late to the airport or something um that's not his fault but you know my dad's he's a great man he's the love of of nature and and cinema and film and you know he's got a green thumb loves to garden and he loves to ride horses as do i you know he and i go on a horseback riding trip every year together and you know my dad's basically like a, a cowboy at heart he's a guy he's like a gunslinger cowboy at heart like a guy just on the desert prairie just uh just riding into the sunset that's who my dad is that's great to hear and uh before we wrap up here jesse how can our listeners follow you on social media i'm very active obviously on my um instagram uh at jesse cove j-e-s-s-e-k-o-v-e my twitter as well i love hearing from my fans i usually reply to everyone as much as i can i love chatting with the fans uh obviously i'm on facebook too but uh that's you know my public profile on there but uh instagram is the best place to follow me and see everything that i have going on you know very much look forward to hearing from you guys. Jesse, I'd like to thank you for sharing your time and coming on Vibe 105 to talk all things Cobra Kai, movies, and sports with me. And I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you so much, man. That was Jesse Cove of season three of Cobra Kai. Now we're going to send it back to the studio for more programming right here on Vibe 105. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.